Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton of Linksfield Show, and it is Rosh Chodesh Adar, the 30th of Shvat, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Adar. When Adar comes in, we add in joy. And it's beautiful to be with you on this day, 1st of February. And started off with the song, I'm a dreamer who believes that dreams come true. I thought it was an optimistic message. And it's the context of the song is, you know, in the 80s, waiting for the Jews behind the Iron Curtain to come across. But dreams do come true. And although we're not fully out of the woods of COVID yet, a lot of the dreams and a lot of the things that we hoped for the last two years for our lives to get some sense of normal are slowly coming back. And obviously some people are choosing to make believe or to, you know, just continue the lockdown. And obviously each person on their own free choice, everyone's entitled to their lives. Although I would strongly suggest that before you lock yourself in for another year, ask yourself if your mental health can handle another year. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a medical professional. I'm just grateful that the policies are easing out. People are coming back to shul. People are returning to life. And we're able to find some sense of joy. Because really that's the month of Adar. The COVID started in the month of Adar last time. It's when it took over our world. It hit South Africa a bit later. Um, and we are grateful that as we enter this month of Adar, we're entering a different time. We're entering a better time. And I want to explore today this idea of walking into a different energy. You know, I shared this on Friday night at the show, but I, I want to explore it. Um, you know, the, the Friday night sermon ideally should never be longer than five minutes. I know some of my colleagues will be furious at me even putting that out. It reminds me of the good story of the, the rabbi who gets up and gives a three-hour drusha. And it's fire and brimstone and beautiful and just pure art, in his mind at least. Anyway, so... After the sermon, this woman walks over to him and says, Rabbi, you don't know me so well. I'm a recent member at your community. I was so impressed by that sermon. You know, I'm a producer in the television business. I would love for you to be able to give over this sermon on TV. But obviously, Rabbi, you know, let's be honest. There's no way I could give you three hours. There's no show that lasts that long without breaks, etc. So I can't really give you, Rabbi, this Full pulp, but how about can you do this in 45 minutes? Rabbi strokes his beard and says, You know, ah, it would be an effort, but I, uh, I could squeeze it into 45 minutes. She says, You're sure, Rabbi, three hours and 45, you could squeeze into 45 minutes? Yes, yes, ma'am, I can. Okay, she comes back to him a week later and says, Rabbi, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. But uh, the 45 minutes is no chance. I was told I can maximum get half a segment. I give you 25 minutes, Rabbi. Can you squeeze your three-hour sermon into 25 minutes? And the rabbi says, oh, that would take a lot of effort, but I can, I can. Yes, I can. 
Anyways, a month passes. The rabbi's getting impatient. When's his television break? The woman calls him up and says, Rabbi, I got it. I got it. We're finalizing it. But I have bad news, Rabbi. They only have 10 minutes for your entire piece. And the rabbi says, oh, gosh. But yes, I could definitely do it. I could definitely, definitely share my thought in 10 minutes. Okay, Rabbi, we're going to do this in exactly two weeks' time, this time of the day. Fine, the rabbi's all preparing, this and that. He's squeezing his sermon into 10 minutes. She calls him the day before the so-called show, and she calls him and says, Rabbi, I have bad news for you. I've been given five minutes, and they're going to cut you off the second the, the clock chimes at five minutes. The rabbi says, oh, my God, oh, my God, I prepared it up. I could do it. I could do it. I could give my sermon in five minutes. She says, you're sure, rabbi. You could give your three-hour sermon in five minutes. He says, yes, I could. And she raises her voice and says, then why didn't you? Yeah, I love that story. Um, yeah, if you could really give a three-hour shear, rabbi, in five minutes, then why didn't you? So... Friday night sermons are five minutes, um, but you know there are different opportunities. Like radio is plus minus forty minutes with all the breaks and the music and everything, um, but it gives more time to just explore an idea. You know, unlike in the sermon where the poor people feel guilty to get off and walk away, on the radio it's very convenient. This rabbi's putting you to sleep and you're, you're driving and you're trying to focus on the road, so you just shut the radio. You go to the next station, whatever, you figure it out. You talk to somebody in the car while the radio's in the background. So with the radio, I don't feel as guilty as going past five minutes than from the pulpit. Be it as it may. So I was talking on Friday night this idea that many of us think that heavy, heavy conversations are, you know, really the heart of life. DMCs, deep, meaningful conversations, opening your heart, sharing your emotions, your feelings. That's where life really happens. Chit-chat is, you know, for shallow people. Just, a, you know, good jokes, some humor, some, you know, good conversation. That's not life. That's just, that's the, the shallow, the superficial of life. And yes, there's, of course, incredible, incredible space for depth, for reflection, for heaviness. But... What I'm suggesting is, especially as we enter the month of Adar, and especially as we are, you know, finishing two years of so much heaviness in our conversation, that we need to reintroduce light. You know, one of the big things that was taken away was social interaction. And social interaction, on the most part, is not the heavy interaction. The one-on-ones, people, many people still manage to have the coffee dates where they sat and they quetched about you know, all the, the, the ills of this world. But a big part that was taken away was the chit-chat, walking around and chill on the Shabbos afternoon at the bracha. Hey, how are you? What's going on? How's your grandmother? Oh, this, that, etc. How's your kid? How's California? This, that. Oh, by the way, talking about California. Oh. Nah, it's not too pretty what's going on over there. You know, I always... A few months ago, there was these panels that were going on in Australia about the future of South African jury. And then, you know, my idea was we should counter it with South Africans having meetings about the future of Australian jury, you know, with them at their whole crazy lockdown. And the same thing with America, this and that, you know, if it's, it's no more patronizing telling South Africans that, you know, people outside South Africa discussing the future of South Africa than it is us South Africans discussing the future of Jewish communities elsewhere. It's just a bit of a paradigm shift because we're always seen as the nebuchs. It's some people's perception. So, yeah. 
America is not, you know, California is not too pretty, but that's not really the point. The point is you ask how, you, 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 Haka Chinik, you, you, you know, you talk, you share, give some nachos reports of your kids, and that light energy is something that was so lacking. This Shabbos and the Shul, and I'm sure Shuls across the country, as people are coming more and more back the past two, three weeks, you see this revival of just chaverschaft, friendship, people just chatting and, and catching up. And that is so important. Not only the heavy, we've had enough of heavy. It's time for light, for bright, and for just a positive energy. Now, I don't know why I chose this song if I was going in this direction. The song I chose is actually quite a heavy song, Who Am I, um, but Who I Am. But I'm going to keep with this song. I think it's still a positive message. And after this so-called heavy song, let's go back to light energy. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and this is Who I Am by A.B. Rottenberg. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. You were just listening to this beautiful melody, This Is Me, This Is Who I Am by A.B. Rottenberg. So we were talking about the month of others just come in and we need lighter energy, lighter. And I'll be honest, it's not the easiest energy to adopt. It's, for many of us, it's easier to be heavy. Just, you know, talk about heavy stuff. And when I'm talking about heavy versus light, I'm talking about heavy, not necessarily bad stuff, but heavy, the stuff that pulls you down. You know, the gravity, the stuff that takes you back into the ground versus light that uplifts you, that just allows you to go up and just pick your head up out of it. And it's a huge challenge. I think for so long, over these 24, 25 months, we, we, were, we didn't think in light terms. Everything around us was heavy, or at least in our perception. And when Adar comes in, we need joy. I believe this year it's as relevant as it's ever been in our lifetime to to take in joy. You see, there are different themes in Judaism. Now, some themes get attention only in the books. Some themes get attention in the calendar. So, for example, the theme of freedom gets eight days on Pesach. The theme of um, getting along gets the Omer. The theme of Torah gets Shavuot. Simchas Torah, etc. The theme of our relationship with God gets Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, each in a different way. Hanukkah, the theme of light. Purim, the theme of, of dedication and self-sacrifice and joy, etc. But these are days, the only other theme that gets a lot of uh, attention is two is as we said, the Omer gets the theme of unity and forgiveness and, you know, getting along. And there's the sad three weeks, the time between the fast of Tammuz and the fast of the ninth of Av, and the theme of destruction, or rather destruction and renewal. But this Adar gets 30 days, and in a year like this, which is a Jewish leap year, in which we don't only add a day, we add an entire month, that's why today is Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph, the beginning of the first Adar, then we have a second Adar. We have a total of 60 days, Shishim Yom, 60 days of a theme of joy, dedicated to joy. 
The whole month is a joy month. Now you ask yourself, what takes 60 days? I mean, freedom, we give eight days. Other things, we give one day, two days. 60 days for joy? Yes, because joy is a serious issue. Or in other words, it is a difficult challenge. It's incredible difficult. Freedom is difficult. It's really difficult. But joy is even harder. Why? Because let's clarify, joy is not pleasure. Pleasure is not that hard, especially if you have money in your pocket or if whatever, you, you, you know, you're just a fun character. So yeah, you, you, can have, you can have fun, you can have happiness, you can have pleasure. But joy isn't pleasure. Joy is a state of mind, and joy is a, is a, a way of living, and joy is just being above the fray, standing above all the issues and still having a light, friendly, easy, calming energy, the kind of energy that people spend a few minutes around you and they feel uplifted rather than just thick and heavy. And again, there's nothing wrong with heavy. I mean, some of us, you know, we, li we live off heavy. And, you know, a, a therapist, many of them, it's an hour of heaviness. You go and you, you drop your heaviness. But I'd argue, go to your therapist, pay them whatever it costs, and leave your heaviness there. Let them carry it. <laughs> or let them just leave it in their rooms. But you go find light. Don't carry the heaviness for the rest of the day. We have to release the heaviness. No. So that's what we have to do. Talking about new, there was this cute meme. Um, that went around a few weeks ago about the various news. There's new, there's new, there's new. And each of those, like literally 25 different news and each news, uh, N-U, said in a good y Yiddish uh, accent, new, um, has an incredible amount of uh, context, but that's not really the point of today. Although, yes, I am trying to be a bit lighter. It's other, it's other, nothing wrong with light. Um, you know, I think about all the Fabrengans we've had in the last few years, most of them, the majority, have been of a heavy nature. Genukshin, enough. At least sometimes we have to go to stuff that will uplift, stuff that will just bring a, a joy, a joie de vivre, a joy of life, a simchas hachayim, a, 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 an easy, beautiful energy, laughter, you know, simcha, etc., and not from frivolity, not from silliness, but just from this, yeah, life isn't only heavy. There's a lot of beautiful things. And first and foremost, I'm grateful, Ashrenu, how grateful I am to be, to be who I am, to be alive, to be one with Hashem, to be one with my Creator. There's joy. It's a perspective of light and energy. You know, I remember there was a certain fellow who um, he, he asked his mentor, his mentor was about to pass away, and he says, how do I know where my next mentor will be? In other words, there's so many good people out there. How do I know where my next mentor will be? And he says, wherever there's joy, that's where you'll find your mentor. In other words, go find somebody who, when you spend time with them, you're uplifted. Not Again, not frivolity, not silly joy but just a, a, a way of serving God that leads to joy. There's many different ways of serving God. Beyond, I'm saying, I'm not even talking about outside um, of Judaism. I'm saying even within within observance, etc., there's so many different derechs. There's multiple roads, and each 
Each road, narrow, narrow, pashta, each road has its beauty. But if someone would ask me, where, where do I, where will I search? Where should I search? There's so much. So one answer is search where you resonate. That's true. But the other answer is search where you, where you feel uplifted, where serving Hashem is not a, is not a heaviness, where people, when they get closer to Yiddishkeit, they don't lose their Simcha Sechaim. Their Simcha Sechaim, their joy of life grows. Unfortunately, I've seen people who adopt, you know, take on Yiddishkeit. They take on the observance of Torah, which is beautiful. But as they're taking on more, their smile just becomes flatter. The, the joy in their face, it's like, you know, it's, you just see and you look and you see dullness. You see, you see intensity. You see seriousness. But you don't see any life. Who's the leaven? Where's the life? What's going on? What happened to the life? What happened to the vibrancy? Does serving Hashem mean we become morose and heavy? Really? That can't be. If to Hashem a simcha, a person has to serve Hashem with joy, and then the Torah, the Torah says, when Hashem's talking about all the challenges that happened to the Jewish people, one of the reasons that they had so many challenges is tachas Hashem because you didn't serve Hashem with joy. You served, you did it, but you didn't serve with joy. Why? Because ultimately, if you're serving with joy, that shows that you're interested, you're enjoying it. It's a relationship. If you're doing it without joy, then you're doing it without connection, without relationship, just reluctant. It's like a spouse that will do everything the spouse asks them to do, but everything's with a grump or with a seriousness. It's painful to be in such a presence. Yes, he's an amazing husband, she's an amazing wife, but everything's just done heavy, serious, intense. There's no fun in this relationship. There's no vibrancy. There's no love. There's no passion. There's no excitement. What, what is that? Our relationship with, with, with ourselves and with our faith and with our, with our God, most of, most of all, have to be underpinned by this deep sense of joy and gratitude and happiness. And yes, some of us will not gravitate in that direction, but just because we don't gravitate there doesn't mean we don't have to head there. Fine, naturally you might be more the heavy type. I'm for one, I'm, I'm that kind of person, I know that. But just because that's where I gravitate doesn't mean that that's where the truth is. The truth is, yes, live a life of, 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 of seriousness, of meaning, not of sadness, of seriousness. In other words, life's not a joke. But on the other hand, life is beautiful, life's a joy, and and and, and I get the chance. I get the chance to serve my creator. I get the chance to live my life. Gratitude. You know, people say an attitude of gratitude. How do you know someone's living an attitude of gratitude other than them saying thank you 5,000 times a day? Is if they're living a life of joy. Why? Because if you're living a life in joy, you're showing that you're not entitled. Because if you have entitlement issues, then you'll never be joyous because you deserve more. No. We all deserve more. How dare the person greet me like this? They should have greeted me like that. And how does, why don't I have more of this? And why is my life not turned out to be the way I expected it to be? And what happened to my dreams? And why, is, why, why does that person get it better? Etc. When a person doesn't have gratitude, there's definitely no joy. You want to know if somebody has gratitude even without them saying a word? When you look in their face and you see, oh, is that good to let them? They're living good. Again, I'm not talking about the silliness. I'm not talking about the pleasure. People just running from party to party and from drink to drink. That's a cop out. I want to say l'chaim. I mean, whatever. This is not a show about alcohol. Fine, but you know, do your thing. But that's not joy. 
can help out once in a while, but fundamentally joy is something within. It's not from any it's not from any substance, it's not from anything. It's just life is good. You know, it's a funny thing. When people say, How are you? and you say, you know, it's tough, nobody says, Really? But when you say life is incredible, you'll always, 99.9% of the time, you'll get the response. What are you smoking? What, what are you up with, Rabbi? What's going on with that? Now, yes, yeah, sometimes I'll say I'm doing great, even though inside I'm not feeling any of it, because like, I'm trying to at least convince myself and hopefully feel it. But like, there's this like default, if you're heavy, if you're, you're feeling down, yeah, we get it. Your joy, you must be totally out of your mind. Or you're just in denial, or you're just a... Uh, you know, a lost optimist, just not realistic, not grounded in reality. Never, you know, what a poor fellow can't find himself. But that's that's a terrible way. In other words, we take it for granted that a person's down. But when you see somebody's joyous, can't be. There has to be some other secret. Instead of saying, no, it's good to be alive. It's good. You know, I think about my grandfather. My grandfather, may rest in peace, my father's father. I grew up with him. Um, I mean, one of 120 grandchildren, so I can't really say I had full monopoly on this time. <laughs> but I, I spent time, I used to daven in the shul that he davened on Shabbos. He stayed on my block by my aunt, so we, we I spent more time than usual. And he was a guy that sat in the gulags in Russia by Stalin t- two or three times, at least for three, four years in total. Uh, a guy that, re- like, lost a big part of his family in the war, ran around, was a life of suffering. Then even when he made it over to the U.S., he lived a life of extreme poverty and didn't know what abundance, physical abundance was. And yet the guy was smiling all day. <laughs> he had this like sense of humor. He was a serious fellow. I mean, like he would daven on a Shabbos for five, six hours. Davening in 15, in 15 minutes or even two hours was unheard for him. At one in the afternoon, he was still the beginning of davening, and it's not because he woke up at 12, it's because he started davening at 6. Started learning and davening and getting into the zone. He's talking to the creator of heaven and earth. It's a big deal for him. And, he, you know, he, he, he took life seriously, but he was, he was a funny character. In other words, he had this, you know, this, this twinkle in his eye and this naughtiness almost. And he had this cane that we got a few clubs with, but you know what? No, at least for that time it it worked. But it was all done with this twinkle in the eye. And like, it was, that's who he was. And that was his character. And for somebody to live such a difficult life and be joyous, I think about truth is all for my grandparents and each one with their own challenges in life. My father, my mother, like my parents, like whatever, there was joy. When I think of the, you ask me what's their dominant feeling on most of the time, it's good. It's good to always be in a in a party state. Jewish law sets actually the final halacha, the final Jewish law in the Shulchan Aruch Erechaim, in the laws of how the you know the first section of Shulchan Aruch. It talks about that in the month of Adar Aleph in this setup when there's two Adars, you have a, a party on Perm Katan on a small Perm which is two weeks, and it says in the last words of the halacha is It's always good to be in a party mode. Yeah, not silliness, but always to be light, to be fun, to be vibrant. So here's a l'chaim to vibrancy. I'm saying l'chaim on water. And uh, this is 101.9 Chai FM, and we'll be with you right after the break.
This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. So, joy. Joy. Happiness is what comes from things. Joy is what comes from within. It's a mindset. It's a, it's a choice. And it's a, it's a choice that we have to face every single moment of every single day. And that is, will I transcend the space I'm in, the, you know, the challenges I'm within? Will I allow my challenges to define me? Unfortunately, in my role as a rabbi, I meet lots of people with different struggles. And there's lots of struggle out there, of course. But there's two types. There's the people who allow the struggle to define them, or they, they, they have struggles and they try to deal with it. But they're not the struggle. They're much bigger than their struggle. It's not, oh, this is my issue. And therefore, you know, like I have a sick spouse or I have a medical condition or I have an, a child that's causing me huge issues. But it's not that's who I am. I am. And I have this. Instead of I am this. I remember one time a person saying that a parent is only as happy as the least happy child of theirs. And at the first glance, it sounded like a very empathetic statement. Yes, because a parent is suffering for the child. But on the other hand, what's the point? Why be as unhappy as your least unhappy child, your least happy child? Who's gaining anything out of that? Not them, not you. Yeah, your heart breaks for their challenges, and obviously you do the best you can. But that means your life ends when their life struggle. Then what kind of life is that? In other words, if we're all carrying each other's sorrows, then then there's enough misery to make us all miserable. You can be empathetic of somebody's challenges and at the same time be joyous. You know, I remember this, I don't remember where I saw it, but I remember the statement I one time read in a book where it says, when you feel that the world is too heavy to carry on your shoulders, just shrug. Just shrug. In other words, stop carrying the world. There's the expression in the Talmud, Yavai Bala Kerem. Let the owner of the vineyard solve the problems. There's this mindset that we're here to solve every single problem. And as long as the world's not perfect, then it's miserable. Yes, there's challenges. But ultimately, it's Hashem's world. And he put seven billion different people and each person with their purpose of fixing what they can. But none of us are here to fix the world or big words like change the world. No, we're all here to play our part and to do our thing. And this idea of like walking around with the weight of the world on our shoulders Although it does seem very righteous and very, you know, an act of piety. But give me a break. You can't live like this. Each person walking around feeling like they're carrying the world on their shoulders. Our shoulders are not broad enough and that's not what they're there for carry. We're here to live with joy and at the same time in that paradox feel empathetic for people rather than our empathy for, our, for people struggling and there's so much struggle. But if our empathy for people bogs us down, then nobody gains. The world needs more joy, not more heaviness. Yes, the world needs more listeners and empathy, but the world does not need more people walking around the street morose and miserable and pity and, and negative. There's enough, you know, for all the people who feel it's their role to make sure that the optimists um, don't stay optimistic because they're unrealistic. As one pessimist told me, I'm a real, I'm a realist. Okay, Mazel Tov, well, well done. You know, it's nice to define yourself that way. Um, 
don't worry, don't worry, dear pessimist. There's enough other pessimists to play your role. There's not enough optimists. There's not enough easygoing people with energy. So please, you know, like I know you really, it's it's such an important role to bring the heaviness into every conversation. <laughs> and and the second somebody says, you know, but something is working out. Like, look, look at South Africa, something's working. And of course, it's your job to sit there saying, hey, but you don't know what I know. Did you see the news? Mazel tov, Baruch Hashem. Lucky you, you discovered that piece of news. And sorry for my cynicism. I'm not really sorry, but it, it does make me cynical when, like, every time, like, South Africa is the perfect example where you'll come in conversation and you say, Look, you know, you guys thought that the whole country would shut down. I was told since 11 years I would, I've been in this country, I was told every year that there's only two years left to this country. And miraculously, we're still going at 11 years. And I believe that people were saying this in the 60s already, and we're still going 60 years later. So, uh, yeah, could everyone stop at the prophecy? But the moment you sit there saying, but guys, don't you see? This is working out. It's not that bad. Or, like, look at the other country. It's much worse. And they'll say, yeah, but why can't you just be grateful for the good? You think anyone's in denial of the struggles? Really? It's like we really needed you to come and say South Africa has problems. Wow. That was profound. Nobody would have thought. But that's not the chachma, that's not the genius, that's not the kunst, as they say in Yiddish. There's no, there's, there's no greatness in that, there's no struggle in that, there's no, there's no piety, there's nothing there. Yeah, you know the struggle's great. But to be able to see the good and to be able to actually look at rea reality, and the real reality is seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly, but being able to see the full picture, then you could sit there saying, yes, there's struggles, and at the same time, not but, and there's beautiful stuff, and there's no but to that. The, the statement doesn't have to end with, uh, you know, an asterisk or some comment that says, dash, yeah, you think it's good, but no, it's good. There's beautiful things about this country. No buts and howevers and albeit and all the other wonderful words that we're trying to just, just look at good without any asterisks. Just celebrate it. It's beautiful. This country has many blessings. And despite all the doom and gloom of the last decades and decades and decades, this country is miraculous. Miraculous doesn't mean perfect, because no place is perfect. Life isn't perfect. Mazel tov. Aftsen, you're really profound today, huh? You figured it out. Life, life isn't perfect. For real, life isn't perfect. So stop looking for perfection. It doesn't exist anywhere and doesn't exist in anyone. But with all its challenges, this place, I think its strength way outdoes its challenges. So for all those of you who are jumping on the emigration bandwagon, and if my opinion means anything to you, before you look elsewhere, open your eyes to see this place with new eyes. Because I believe if you actually challenge yourself to dip out of the general narrative, the popular narrative of what's going on to this community and what its future looks like, and if you're willing to take an objective view, I believe that you will discover what I've discovered, that this country is one of the most blessed countries in this world. And it is a gift to be part of this community. And truthfully, it will be good until Mashiach comes. And will be even better after, as Lubavitcher Rebbe said. So stay put. South African Jewish community and the general South African community's best days are ahead of it.
L'chaim. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai FM. So here is to an incredible two months of joy. And please, God, after that, we go into the Hebrew month of Nisan, the month of miracles. We have good things to look forward to. Because that's really, I believe, the best way to live, believing that your best days are ahead of you. I truly believe that each and every one of us, we can choose to believe that. And first of all, because I believe it's true, but also because that is what's going to create the reality. The reality is, friends, that we create, our, our perception creates our reality. And if we genuinely believe that our best days are ahead of us, as individuals, as families, as communities, then we'll strive for that. And by striving for that, we, we create that. So the best days of your marriages can still be ahead of you. The best days of your life and your productivity and your impact can still be ahead of you. And the best days of this wonderful, blessed community are the best days are ahead of it. Listen, for 11 years I've been saying it, and I believe it so far has been actualized. Not because I say it, because it's the truth. So for once, after 50 years of sitting on the fence of this community, convincing the shoe's going to drop, why don't you join the team that says, I'm in. I have, I have, there's nowhere else that I want to be. Obviously, please God, we'll all end up in Israel in the right time. But right now, where I am, and with the value I have, and the quality of life I have, and the Yiddish guy I have, I'm happy here. That's truly an attitude of gratitude. And it's an attitude that will hopefully take away some of the heaviness, bring some light. So here is to an awesome month of joy and an awesome month of peace. And that's why we finish off with this song with one of the newest, you know, big stars in Israel, Akiva Turjaman, the song Shalom Babayit, Peace at Home. Beautiful song in Hebrew, but the theme comes across regardless of language. Peace in all our homes, please God, and a month of joy. Have a great month and Chodesh Tov and Shavuot Tov. Cheers.